0: This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're
1: here. This is why each one of us are here.
0: And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese and thank you for joining me as always. The final division recap podcast show. We have covered seven of the divisions Tonight is the final one. It is the AFC West recap. If you have missed the previous seven episodes, please go back and listen to them. They're all 20 to 25 minutes, very easy to digest and process, and I recap every single team in each of the divisions, talking about favored picks, value picks, questionable picks or moves overviewing the entire draft class as a whole and then ranking 1 through 4 my favorite drafts in each of the divisions. Let's get right into it with the AFC West. We'll start with the Denver Broncos. They did not have their first round pick due to the Russell Wilson trade. Boy, did that hurt. Uh, you know, in terms of what they gave up for that trade, their first pick in this draft was at pick 63. In the second round, they traded up to get Oklahoma wide receiver Marvin Mims. A lot of questions about whether how long Jerry Judy and in particular Corden Sutton might be a part of Denver's uh, you know depth chart. We'll see about that. In the third round, a pick 67 overall, it took Arkansas linebacker, maybe an edge player as well, Drew Sanders. In the third round, a pick 80 parade, it took Iowa cornerback Riley Moss. In the sixth round of pick 183, it took Boise State safety J.L. Skinner. In the seventh round of 257, it took Oregon center Alex Forsythe. They also were missing draft compensation due to hiring Sean Payton as well, who was still under contract with the New Orleans Saints. So, favorite picks from their limited picks they had here was Marvin Mims in the second round and Riley Moss in the third round. If Marvin Mims would have been a guy who went early to mid-round two, I would have applauded the pick because that's how much I like the talent. If Carolina took Marvin Mims where they took Jonathan Mingo, I don't think that would have been something that I would have said was a bad pick. I think Marvin Mims has inside-outside versatility. He's he's a guy who can win at all three levels of the field. He can win vertically. I think his body control and ball skills at the catch point and his ability to go get it even at 5'11 and on the thinner side is, is a guy who can win at the catch point. But I like his route running. I like his speed. I like his quickness in and out of his routes. Really... High level player that I think could have went anywhere in round two, and I would have justified it and thought it was a good pick. You know, when you look at where guys like Jordan Addison went and Zay Flowers, you know, if Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison are going at pick, well, you know, maybe that was twenty two and twenty three. I don't think Marvin Mims is forty picks worse than them. I, I really don't. And that was my thought. That was my thoughts with this draft class: Marvin Mims and Josh Downs. I don't think they; those are guys. That belong going that far after Addison and Zay Flowers. So that tells me one of two things: either Mims and Downs fell too far, or Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers got pushed up the board a little too high for teams in need of wide receivers, and they got pushed higher than they maybe should have in a weaker wide receiver draft class, that's more likely what I think it is, because I just don't see the separation in talent on guys like Marvin Mims, who we're talking about here, Josh Downs, to be that far off of the Jordan Addisons and the Zay Flowers. I really like the Riley Moss pick. I think he has a legit chance to be a starting cornerback at the next level. Some people have talked about the conversion to safety. I think he should be a starting cornerback. If that doesn't work out and you want to say, okay, maybe he's more of a free safety. I'm open to that as well, but I think he's got cornerback skills and he could develop into a starter. So I really like, you know, both of those picks were probably my two favorite picks. And I also really like the Drew Sanders pick, but I'll put the Drew Sanders pick as my favorite value pick. This was a guy that for a while in the pre-draft process, some people thought he should be a late round one, you know, draft pick. I think by draft night, most people knew that that probably wasn't a realistic scenario. But I still thought early to mid round two for a guy who was a big time five star recruit to Alabama as a pass rusher couldn't get on the field there. Transfers to Arkansas becomes more of an off the ball linebacker, but still gets after the quarterback playing in terms of blitzing and stuff. And has a monster statistical season this year for Arkansas. I thought a team that's looking for that hybrid linebacker edge player, you know, I, I thought he should have went— Much higher than 67. So I like the pick. I love the value of the pick. Uh, I thought the Drew Sanders pick was a really solid pick. And then JL Skinner, you know, there's some people who, you know, while some question the athleticism and his best fit at the next level, you know, there were still people who thought he could be in that round three, round four bubble. And if not at the end of round three, somewhere on round four, most people thought I think was a lock. Sixth round, pick 183 overall for a guy who could maybe develop into a starter at the back end there at the safety position. I really liked the JL Skinner pick as well. So I thought that was a really good value pick. Uh, I would say my one questionable, I didn't really think I questioned any of their five picks. I thought the appropriate value where they got them. I would say my questionable move is, is not trading a wide receiver. I thought maybe there was an opening here where they could have traded either Jerry Judy for a late first or an early second round pick if they don't envision giving him a second contract and then the more likely move I thought they maybe should have tried to see what they could have got for Cortland Sutton maybe a team who was eyeing a wide receiver somewhere in the mid to late portion of round three would have given that pick for Cortland Sutton or even a team in the early portion of day three round four maybe they could have got a round four pick early round four pick and a conditional pick based on how he played or something along those lines I think once they got Marvin Mims and added Marvin Mims into the attack, I would have. I, I'm surprised they didn't look to move one of the wide receivers to get, uh, you know, another player in there because they have a pretty crowded depth chart there, wide receiver. I think Sean Payton's going to want to protect Russell Wilson, as crazy as that sounds. So I. I think they're going to be a very run-centric team. So I think, you know, the luxury of Judy Sutton, Tim Patrick coming back from injury, they they invested an early pick last year in Greg Dulcich in the second round as a tight end, and now Marvin Mims. It seems like they could have used one of those other wide receivers on the roster for a trade to get a different player at a different position. Uh, so I question a little bit not either pulling the trigger on Judy, who I probably wouldn't have moved because I believe in the talent, but I think Horton Sutton might have been the move see if you can get a round three or early round four pick, and then maybe a conditional if it was round four. But that would have been my move there that I question the most. If we keep this moving and go next to the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs were picking, obviously, at the end of round one. Uh, at pick 31. They took Kansas State edge rusher Felix Onduke Uzuma in the second round. I pick 55. They took SMU wide receiver Rishi Rice. in the third round. I pick 92. They took Oklahoma offensive tackle Wanya Morris in the fourth round. I pick 119. They took Virginia Tech cornerback Jamari Connor in the fifth round. I pick 166. They took Stephen F. Austin edge BJ Thompson in the sixth round. I pick 194. They took Texas defensive tackle Keandre Coburn. And in the 7th round they took at 250 they took Ball State cornerback Nick Jones. I would say my favorite pick was uh the first pick their edge rusher there Anduke Uzuma. Listen, I think they wanted Will McDonald. But when Will McDonald went off the board much earlier to the Jets, if they were really honed in on getting a pass rushing edge. I talked a lot over these recap pods. That once you got to the second round, it was basically pick your flavor of what you wanted. Do you want the guy like Foskey? Did you want a guy like Derek Hall? Did you want a you know? Did you want a guy like BJ Ojulari? I think Unduke Uzuma is very much in that mix. And if we're talking. If they wanted Will McDonald, if you're going to say, well, who else offered the next skill set that was that was somewhat similar to Will McDonald, I do think it is Unduke Uzuma in terms of his ability to bend, his ability to you know get low, speed off the edge. I think he fits that better than Hall, Foskey, Ojolari. So I think it makes sense they are expecting. A, to very often play from the lead with Patrick Mahomes and that offense. So if they were looking for more juice off the edge, I think he gives them that. I just think maybe it wasn't the guy they were hoping was going to be there. I think that was Will McDonald. And, and they they probably kind of maybe sell for the contingency plan, which was the next version of Will McDonald, just maybe a tier below. Uh, in the second round, I will say – in terms of value picks, I don't think they really got great value here anywhere. I think Rishi Rice maybe went off the board a little bit too early, so let me talk about that for a second. He's my questionable pick. There were other guys I liked in the, on the board at 55 better. We just talked about Marvin Mims previously. I like Marvin Mims, I so far superior to Rishi Wrights. I think a guy like Jalen Hyatt, who the Giants got in the 70s in the third round, would have made tremendous sense for the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the guy who's going to be there for the long haul. I think a guy like Jalen Hyatt and that speed, pairing, wit, Patrick Mahomes— I think he could have been that guy that took the top off defenses there. I think they need that. They have Kadarius Toney, but he's not a guy who's going to win a lot vertically down the field. They have Sky Moore. I don't think he's a guy who's going to really win vertically down the field. So right now, that's Marquez Valdez-Scantling's job. I think if you were to put a guy like Marvin Mims or Jalen Hyatt, that could have been their role and been better at it than what they have on the roster. They're hoping that Rishi Rice gives him more of that true outside guy who can win at the catch point, good toughness and physicality. I just think, again, they went to smaller level school last Year you know with Sky Moore it didn't pan out in year one. We'll see about year two. They go back to the well on a little bit of a smaller school there, SMU. You know, so I, there was other wide receivers that I like better. No one really had penciled in Rishi Rice as a second round pick. To be honest with you, after after the combine, most people didn't even have him in their top 100. Then as they got a little bit closer to the draft, you started to kind of see him in those three round mocks again. You started to see him on some top 100 big boards, but most of them had him as a guy who was maybe going to come off the board late round three early round four. So the Chiefs definitely invested highly in him. There's some reports that he had had some throwing sessions with Patrick Mahomes. So maybe Mahomes was kind of pushing for that. And when Mahomes is your guy, if he offers a recommendation on a wide receiver, you're probably going to take it to heart a little bit more than most teams are going to listen to their players. So I I do think I question that a little bit. But as I was saying, I didn't really value anything that they did in terms of a guy who they – who I thought was far ahead of where we thought maybe they would come off the board. I think Rice was a little bit of a reach. I think Juan Yamaris was more of a round four guy. They took him in round three. I thought Chamari Connor was more of a round five guy. They got him in around four. I thought, you know, Stephen F. Austin Edge, BJ Thompson, I thought it was more of a round six, around seven developmental edge. They took him in the fifth round. Coburn out of Texas in the sixth round was probably about where he was expected to go. And then Ball State quarterback Nick Jones was a guy who was thought of to be a late-round pick. So they got him there. So I didn't see one thing where I said this was a value pick anywhere in the draft. All in all, I I was not that big of a fan of the Chiefs draft, which is kind of wild because three of the best teams in the league, Baltimore, Kansas City, and San Francisco, who have all had really strong drafts over the years. I, I was down on all three of their draft classes in this draft. Keep this going. Two teams left. Next up is the Las Vegas Raiders. They had pick seven overall. In the first round, they took Texas Tech Edge, Tyree Wilson. In the second round, I pick 35. They moved up to take Notre Dame tight end, Michael Mayer. In the third round, at pick seven. They took Alabama defensive tackle, Brian Young. In the third round, at pick 100. They also took Cincinnati wide receiver, Trey Tucker. In the fourth round, I picked 104. They took Maryland cornerback, Jacorian Bennett. In the fourth round, they also took Purdue quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. In the fifth round, they took uh, Georgia safety, Chris Smith. In the sixth round, they took Florida linebacker Amari Burney. In the seventh round, they took Arizona State defensive tackle Nesta Jade Silvera. Favorite picks of this draft, Tyree Wilson at seven. There was some talk that he could have maybe even went earlier. To me, he fits that profile. If you think of, like, the New England Patriots, prototypical edge rusher players. Big, strong, long, physical, tough. Well, a lot of New England is in Las Vegas. So I think it makes complete sense. So I think the fit schematically is exactly what we would expect a Patriots level pick But instead, it's for the Las Vegas Raiders. So I think Tyree Wilson fits well there. I think his upside is really high. The people who said his upside is higher than Will Anderson. I don't think he's going to be better than Will Anderson. But if they both hit their ceilings, I could see him being better than Will Anderson. And I think that's what the Raiders are hoping for as well. I really like the Jacorian Bennett pick in the fourth round. If he would have snuck in the back end of round three, wouldn't be surprised. Instead, he goes early round four. uh, Speed. Quickness, athleticism, makeup speed. I like the Jacorian Bennett and pick a lot there uh, in the early portion of round four. They might have stole a starting cornerback in the early portion of day three. Value picks. I'll say Michael Mayer. I personally thought he was always a round two type talent, but I thought he was going to go round one. There are people who thought he could have won in the middle of round one. So for the people who valued him high like that, mid to late round one, for them to get a pick 35... Should be deemed a little bit of a value pick there. Uh, I like Chris Smith in the fifth round. If he would have went off the board in the fourth round, early fourth round, around you know pick 100 to 115, 120, I would have said it's a pretty solid pick. For him to go off at 170, I like adding him to the defensive back room, uh, a guy who maybe could develop down the line into a potential starter or third safety there for Las Vegas. In terms of my questionable picks, I'm, I'm honing in right there on the two third rounders. Uh, Byron Young out of Alabama, Defensive tackles who mostly are one-dimensional—they don't go in in the top 100 too often anymore, unless they, you know, are you know a special trait or so in terms of their run-stopping ability. I think Byron Young is good. I I just think he's more of a, a round four type guy. But again, the Alabama connection to the Patriots, so much of the Patriots people in Las Vegas, I do think it makes some sense there. But you didn't see Byron Young in a lot of top three-round mocks anymore. You didn't see Byron Young in a lot of top 100, you know, projections in terms of who would come off the board. So I. I it was a little bit of a reach by maybe a round. I thought maybe he was more of a guy in that early to mid-round four. Instead, he goes early in round three. I thought that was a little bit of a stretch. And then I think arguably one of the most questionable picks in the entire draft was Trey Tucker, Cincinnati wide receiver at pick 100. Listen, he's got the athleticism, he's got speed, he's got burst and all that stuff. But for him to go ahead of Tyler Scott, it, it to me, I have a I have a hard time, you know, comprehending now. Do they look at him as as a as a return specialist and part-time wide receiver, offensive weapon type guy? Or do they look at him as a guy, you know, they still have Hunter Renfro there, one of the better slot receivers in the league. They went out and got Jacoby Myers who does his best from the slot. Devontae Adams, you know, kicks inside and ends really well from the slot. They their wide receiver room and they just drafted Michael Mayer. Like the Trey Tucker pick just I I don't see a, a a good fit there uh, for he's a slot only type player who is got good athleticism and speed, but I think I pick 100. That's a luxury pick if it's more of a return guy. Uh, unless they're looking to move on from Hunter Renfro, and then maybe he could develop into their into their starting slot wide receiver and be a return guy and an offensive weapon. I have a hard time coming around on that pick when there is wide receivers like this, like his teammate Tyler Scott, who I, I'm stunned fell to round four. Uh. That pick was a little bit weird, so I'm interested to see what maybe is another domino to fall to make some sense of that Trey Tucker pick, or do they just look at it as they wanted, you know, a, a return guy who also is a, a slot wide receiver, then and and they were willing to invest that high of a pick in a guy that's a little bit more of a specialist type player. I, if so, I, I don't really agree. Uh, a guy that if you think of, if you're targeting mostly as a specialist, I didn't like the pick in when the Chargers took uh, Darius Davis at a TCU, and that was in round four. If the Raiders are thinking the same thing in the third round, I, I even like it less than what than I like the Darius Davis pick as well. Keep this moving along. Next up, the Los Angeles Chargers, who I'll talk about Darius Davis momentarily. And in the first round of pick 21, they take TCU wide receiver Quinton Johnston. In the second round of pick 54, they took UC, USC edge Tui uh, In the third round of pick 85, they took Washington State linebacker Dayon Henley. In the fourth round at pick 125, they take TCU wide receiver Darius Davis. In the fifth round of pick 156, they take Clemson offensive guard Jordan McFadden. In the sixth round at pick 200, they take Boise State defensive tackle Scott Matluck. And the seventh round they take, at pick 239, they take TCU quarterback Max Duggan. Favorite pick clearly by far is Dayan Henley. He was one of my favorite prospects in this class. Sideline to sideline speed, athleticism, coverability, you know, former wide receiver turned linebacker, uh, really looked good at the senior bowl. I think Diane Henley is going to take a starting job there rather quickly. Uh, Far and away, my favorite pick for them. In terms of value pick, I'll go Jordan McFadden. I thought he was going to be a guy, you know, if he didn't get off, come off the board late round three, I thought he was going to be one of those guys early off the board on day three in round four. I think he's got the capabilities and the skill set to potentially develop into a starting interior player on that offensive line. So I like that pick there. Uh Questionable picks. For me, it's Quinton Johnston. And then I'll talk about Darius Davis some more. I just didn't I just wasn't as high on Quentin Johnson as other players. And based on what they have in the wide receiver depth chart, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, I thought they needed to go the route of Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison or Kind of switch gears and take Dalton Kincaid, who might have been a guy who fit their team better. I know they have Gerald Everett, but Kincaid would have given them something different, a lot better, a more of a high-impactful player. I have my concerns about Quinton Johnson in terms of in terms of the ball skills, playing up to his size. Uh, he's obviously paired with an elite-level quarterback. He was my sixth wide receiver in terms of my wide receiver ranks. Many people had him in their top three. Uh, I thought they could have went somewhere else with that pick. I would have, I would have preferred Flowers. I would have preferred Addison. I would have preferred Dalton Kincaid. So that's one pick I question. And then Darius Davis, same thing I said about Trey Tucker a few moments ago with the Raiders. Taking a, return specialist in the fourth round. I I think they had other holes that they could have used on that. I think it seems like a little bit of a luxury pick and I know the Chargers are a really good roster, but but I still think a a, a return specialist should be more of a, you know, a late round 5 or a 6th, 7th round guy. I think in the fourth round there were still really talented players to be had there. Uh, that I that I think that's definitely something that can be questioned as well. I think uh is a good edge prospect who's gonna quickly develop into a starter there. Very versatile player to play him all up and down uh the defensive line. His, his weight it seems to have fluctuated a lot from what was listed in college and, and what we thought it was gonna be to what it was at the combine. So I, I think it'd be interesting to kind of see his usage at the next level, but is a guy who offers a lot of versatility along that. So he was a rock solid pick at fifty-four. Uh, you know, but Henley was my favorite pick and, and John was definitely the one that I questioned the most. So there it is, guys. Every team in the AFC West, if I was going to rank my favorite drafts, I think I would say uh, the... I'm going to actually say, I think the Raiders were my favorite draft. I didn't love this altogether. I'll say the Raiders are my favorite draft because I, I did like Tyree Wilson and Michael Mayer, their first two picks. I liked Ja'Cory and Bennett. I liked Chris Smith. Uh, but all in all, I didn't love a lot, most of these drafts, but I'll say the Raiders were my favorite draft in this division. Uh, even with the limited picks, I'll say the Broncos were my second favorite because I do like Mims. I do like Sanders. I do like Moss. So I like their first three picks a lot. Uh, three guys who I think will become starters there sooner rather than later. Next up, uh, I'll say I like the, the, I'll say the Chargers next, uh, I think the Chargers, even though I, I have my concerns about Quentin Johnston, uh, he still was a guy who was right in the mix there. I love the Dan Henley pick. I like Jordan McFadden pick. Uh, so there are some things I liked about the, the Chargers. So I would say the Chargers were my third. And then rounding out the division was definitely the defending champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. Like I said, I didn't think, they, I didn't think one pick they got was value. I thought every single pick was a little bit of a reach based on where they were expected to go off the board. Uh, so I would say the Chiefs were number four. So, so Raiders 1, uh, Broncos 2, Chargers 3, Chiefs 4 is how I rate the team's drafts from the AFC West. So there it is, guys. Eight divisions up, eight divisions down. Every single team recapped favorite picks, value picks, questionable picks, overviewing every team's draft class. Again, like I said, if you missed any of the first seven of these mini-podcasts, go back and listen to them. Really easy to digest uh, with me talking through each of these teams' draft classes and then ranking within each division my favorite draft classes. If you are enjoying this content, please get over to the website, SSFootball, fastest and easiest way to get there. Uh, check out the Premium Content tab, and for $9.99, you get access to all of our premium notebooks, uh, you got the Rankings Notebook, which is definitely the most uh, viable one right now. It has our Dynasty Rookie Rankings. It has our IDP Rookie Rankings. It has Devi Rankings. It'll soon have fully updated overall dynasty positional rankings. Uh, You get the scouting notebook, which has 100 detailed player profiles on the offensive skill players that were drafted this year. And then you also get the draft projections notebook. And even though the draft has come and gone, there's still thoughts on over 400 players in there in terms of a snapshot of how they win developmental areas as well. So I hope you enjoyed these eight mini-podcasts, kind of recap and sharing my thoughts. As we've said, we do not turn the page here, not until like the summer, not until July. There's so much to break down from this draft class. Uh, We will have upcoming episodes talking IDP rookie rankings, talking tiered rankings, revisiting my Dynasty rookie rankings, but maybe in a tiered format for people who who really like tiered uh, aspects of of looking at these rookies. Uh, I'm going to start bringing on some guests, hopefully, from the industry. I'm going to have an episode talking about 40 UDFA sleepers. You need to know most of them for fantasy circles or just in general for your favorite NFL teams. Uh, so a lot more coverage wire to wire here at Saturday to Sunday covering the 2023 NFL draft from every angle. So on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano and myself, thank you for joining us. And we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.